chapter 5. That was supposed to be funny, Gomer. You guys didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's enjoy tonight here. Let's uh, have a good time in the house of God tonight in just a minute. Minute is what we have. I'm going to try to be a little bit brief tonight. We have a deacon and trustees meeting. We've got to go over a few things here. Nothing of great dire importance as such, but some nitty-gritty things that always need to be addressed as we're one thing heading into winter, of course, we've got to figure out our snow plowing situation. But uh, Galatians chapter 5, I don't think we'll read uh, all, starting verse 16 to verse 26. Instead, let's start in verse number, uh, how about verse number 22? And we'll read to the end of the chapter together. And since we only have five verses, uh, let's read them all in uh, uh unison together okay so verses 22 to 26 i'll let you remain seated let's read them together ready here begin but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. And may God have his blessing the reading of his word. We're on the subject of liberty, of course. We've been on the subject of this uh, series of outlines here on Wednesday night all year long, of course. And I won't be repetitive for time's sake in the familiar territory here. But we're looking at liberty, not bondage. We looked at the, just in quick review, uh, look at our worksheet, where we've been. We looked at the flesh and the spirit of conflict and verses 16 through 18, in the last couple of lessons, actually. And then last week, we looked at the flesh and the spirit, a comparison, and we saw the involvements of the flesh, the first catalog. Tonight, obviously, we're going to look at the second catalog, but uh, we see a list of four different categories of sins of the flesh, and we see sins of sensual passion. Let me just rapid fire. We saw adultery can be listed as a single act. It can be an adultery. Fornication is a habitual act. Uncleanness is sexual impurity in thoughts or deeds. Lasciviousness is more bold and abandoned. And all these are progressive in nature. Adultery is bad. Fornication is, uh, is, is uh, complicating even the, the uh, or, or multiple uh, sins of the flesh. Uncleanness, sexual impurity in thoughts and deeds. And lasciviousness is where you lose your shame and you're bold and open about it. And uh, then we see a second list of... Uh, of class of sins of the flesh is the sins of unlawful spiritual activity and two there idolatry the false uh, the service of false gods anything we put before God can be considered idolatry witchcraft is for, for fellowshipping in satanic influence and then the third category of class of works of the flesh or, or sin is uh, deeds of the flesh rather is uh, hatred, there's nine of them, and they're all progressive. Hatred, variance, simulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, murders, which is the most extreme form of hatred. And uh, the, again, it's all progressive. Uh, it's one thing to hate in your heart, but that hate comes out in varying forms and uh, different emulations, rivalries, uh, brings wrath and strifeful, strife ex is expressed. Um, and develops campaigns and plots and plans and, 
and seditions and heresies, and then, of course, murders. And the last two sins, we kind of went fast last Wednesday night, sins of excess, drunkenness, excessive indulgence privately. Then revelings involves others, and where we, we, we take our sin to the next level, and we are open, and we include others in our sin. That leads us to verses 22 and 23, the issues of the Spirit or the second catalog. And so let's look at the verses again, verse 22. But the fruit... In contrast to the works of the flesh, verse 19, now the works of the flesh are these, are manifested, which are these. And we see here now, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, it's the fruit of the Spirit, it's not our fruit, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And so the fruit stands in contrast to, first, we only have four and fill in the blanks tonight, but the fruit, the word fruit stands in conscious contrast to works. Religion, remember, is all about works. Religion is all about do. What can I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do to earn favor with God? What can I do to demonstrate how good of a religious person I am? Where Christianity is all wrapped up in the word done. Jesus said it is finished. He paid it all. There's no good works. All our righteousness are filthy rags. We don't do good works to, to be saved. We do good works as a result of being saved. It's the fruit of it. And so we see this uh, tonight, uh, the... The word fruit stands in conscious contrast to works. The former, or fruit in other words, is a byproduct of the Spirit's control. We don't necessarily work on the fruit as per se. We work on being filled with the Spirit of God and being submissive to the Spirit of God. And the byproduct of being submissive to the Spirit of God is the fruits that we're going to see. The latter, the latter being works, is worked up by the power of or will of the flesh. And there's, there's will worship, of course, and Colossians 2 talks about will worship and where we can, by our, our, our old carnal nature, we can work up and we can say, okay, we're going to do right. We're going to do the, the problem with the AA. I've been reintroduced to AA here in recent days here again. And AA, you know, hi, I'm Marty, and I, I never could say I'm an alcoholic, but if you go to an AA meeting, hi, I'm Marty, and I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm Marty, and I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a new creature in Christ. But uh, uh, the, the, the opening line of the AA meeting is to remind us that we need to work hard. We need to overcome because we're an alcoholic by nature and there's only, we must uh, uh, crucify the flesh, but there's no spirit to crucify the flesh with because it's, uh, it's, 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 it's not a salvation-based uh, ism if you will. I'm talking about AA or NA or the other ones. But So let's look at the, 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 the nine fruits, as they're sometimes called, and we have verses to look at, and we won't be long here tonight, but we're going to uh, spend a couple minutes on each, Lord willing. So the Bible says now, the fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love. Now they come in triplets. Love, joy, and peace, they come together. That's inner, inner inward, uh, inward look, uh, of course. Uh, long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness is the outward look. And then, of course, uh, meekness, temperance, against such there is no long. That's, uh, that's the upward look. You know, I'll give you that again. But the love, joy, and peace. Uh, we see love. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. We can read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. But who has that nice loud read for us? Read, read that for us. All right, charity. 
Now, I know, you know, one of the critiques of the King James is all the so-called archaic words, and I realize that they're archaic words or words that have changed their meaning in, uh, from 1600 to 2000, they've changed their meaning. So when we think of charity, we just think of just giving, because that's the word that's used in the, the, the love chapter, charity. But charity in its original form means giving and expecting nothing in return. When you go to the Salvation Army bucket at Christmas time or the Goodwill store or whatever, and you give a donation, you don't expect anything in return. Although at Goodwill they give you a tax exempt form to fill, you know. Uh, but uh, the point is, you're giving, not expecting to get a remuneration. And uh, charity is the highest form of love, where we give without any thought of recompense. We love because the Bible says God is what? God is love, and God is love, and. Uh, just I have to run this rabbit trail real quickly here. The, the core attribute of God, it's very important that you know this. A lot, of, a lot of people don't realize this. But the core attribute of God is not love. It's holiness. It's the spoke of the wheel. Now, there is no love without true holiness. You know, the gay community says, we love everybody. We're opening and affirming. We, 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 we're accepting of everybody except for people like me. They're not tolerant of me. Because I'm not tolerant of, uh, I'm supposedly intolerant because I believe some things are sin. And if you love people, you tell them the truth. Love involves truth. And so love, the, the, the central attribute of God is not love. I didn't say God's not love. The Bible says God is love. But God is holy. And because he's holy, he can have pure, true love. Very important that we understand this. So, so we see the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's one of the spokes of the wheel. It's a great spoke, isn't it? It's a wonderful spoke, if you, for lack of a better analogy. So he says, he says love. Um, brethren, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth knoweth God, and for God is love, the Bible says in 1 John 4. So we have love. Then, then we have joy. Love, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Uh, John 15, 11, who has it for us? God wants us to have, uh, be full of joy. God desires that for us. And let me quote you a verse here, 1 Corinthians, or 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. I'll start the verse and you see if you can finish it for me, okay? So I'll, start, I'll say the first half of the verse, you say the second half of the verse, okay? Here we go, ready? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice. Well, that was good, but that was, uh, the, let's try that again. Rejoice evermore. <laughs> Okay, rejoice evermore. Okay, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Where is that verse found out now that you quoted that? That's, uh, where is that? We should know where that's at. Uh, this I say rejoice always, and again I say rejoice. That is a Bible verse. I think it's Philippians. I think it is Philippians. Thank you. I think you're right. Uh, how about 1 John 1, 4? Can somebody get that for us real quickly here without me having to turn there? 1 John 1, 4, quickly. It's Sunday school class time. Somebody turn that. 1 John 1, 4, first person there, read it, please. I'll give you a star on your paper if you get there first. All right, that our joy. God wants us to have joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so God wants us to be people of joy. Now, we're not going to be, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, now I want you to feel sorry for me. I had a kind of, I talked to Paul today. I kind of had a rough day today. And my, my feet are acting up and down and then again, and I got some issues with me. And so I thought, I had a, kind of a bad few hours today, and I'm doing okay today. And I'm in a little bit of pain, to be honest with you, but not bad pain. But uh, 
in, in spite of that, there's an internal joy. There's a peace, there's a love, there's joy, there's peace that we can have even when we're in, in some suffering. Paul said, I've learned so much service to I am in, there with to be content. So there's love, joy, and then peace. Romans 5, 1 and 2, let's move forward. Who has that verse for us? And so we have this peace that we are now made right with God through the, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's this peace that, and perfect love casts out fear that we are accepted as we preached on Sunday morning. We're accepted in the beloved. We are, we're in the, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. There's a peace that I'm accepted even though I'm so flawed, even though you are so flawed, we are, you are accepted in the beloved. The Lord loves you with an unconditional love. And there's a peace that passes understanding when you have that. And so we see these, 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 uh, these, this, this onward look here, love, joy, peace. And then long-suffering. The word long-suffering means, also means patience. Or We refer to short-tempered people or short views or long-tempered pers- people, people that can take a lot of abuse and still, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Somebody read that for us, please. Again, I have to be careful here, but I just, I'm thinking of a certain pastor that I will forever leave unnamed here tonight, but uh, they're a great pastor, but uh, this, this pastor, by his own admission, sometimes he has a proverbial short fuse. I was talking to him not too, while, too long ago, and he was confessing that he kind of blew it, and uh, I've blown it, we've all blown it, so to speak, and, and, uh, and as he was talking to me, I, I was saying, I didn't say it to him, but I said, because I think he already knew it. He was, the Lord's Spirit, Spirit was already working on his heart. And he has a short fuse in some ways. And when he has a short fuse, it teaches his people that, you know, if he can blow up, that it's all right for them to blow up. It's all right. If, and so we're, we're to be, Paul said to be followers of Christ, even as I am of Christ. Be followers of me, even as I am of Christ, rather. It's a, brethren, be not many masters, know that you shall receive a greater condemnation. This is scary, and I'm preaching to myself, but it's scary to my, to my thought to think that some of you people will actually follow me, and you understand what I mean in that, that context. That, that I, I better be walking a Christian walk. I better, if I blow up, it gives you permission for you to blow up. And so we're, we're, we're no man liveth the dieth to himself. We're all, we all affect each other. God says one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering, long-tempered, long or patience. We're not easily provoked. Take it on the chin. It's okay. It's all right to suffer wrong sometimes. It's okay. Christ suffered wrong, he did it, yet he opened down his mouth, right? There's sometimes where we need to you know, just, to use that phrase again, take it on the chin or suck it up or just, just don't, don't retaliate. And... Uh, uh, we should never, never retaliate, of course. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit's long-suffering. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Gentleness. That word gentleness has the same idea as kindness in this context. The, word, the Greek word gentleness has the idea of kindness. Romans 2.4. Me 
The, the goodness of God, uh, I, I, I don't want to get political, but I, uh, Portland, Oregon has been in the news for a couple of reasons in my, my head, and I've been meeting, well, Brother McKinney is from uh, Oregon. He's not here tonight, but he's from, uh, uh, we've got to talk about Portland. Portland's a, a wicked city. They, that's where Antifa is. It's a liberal left-wing city. They're, they're a rioting city. They're, got, they're open. You can smell marijuana in the air, of course, like all of Washington, and for that matter, Oregon, and it's, it's legalized out there. It's going to be in Connecticut, and, and it's just, uh, and, and yet it's, uh, I saw, well, I'm getting too deep here. The point is that Oregon and, and Portland has been blessed. I mean, they're part of the United States of America. They, they, they got, to, it's one of the most beautiful states in the country. It's Oregon. God's been good to those people out there, and they, they don't even see the goodness of God. But he's still good to them. He's still kind. God's kind to our unsaved relatives, even though they don't realize how kind he is. They, they always look at the negative. They always look at the, the uh, they, they, they're filled with hate, and yet God is filled with goodness and kindness. In Christians, we ought to be filled with goodness and kindness, gentleness, kindness to people that don't deserve it. And then you know that the goodness of God leads to repentance. Well, next one is, is the word goodness. That is a little bit different than gentleness. It means generosity. Or, and I like this. Well, let's read the verse and I'll explain what the fill in the blank word is. Uh, Matthew 5 45, please. You know, when we get a beautiful sunshiny day, us Christians get that sunshiny day and heathens and atheists that hate God, they get that sunshiny day too. When God gives us rains, sometimes for judgment or sometimes, many times for mercy because the ground needs it and so forth, he gives us rain to the Christian farmer and rain to the non-Christian farmer. He's a good God again. He's generosity. He shows mercy. The Bible was just reading Psalm 136 the other day. His mercy endureth forever. And he, his mercy, his charity, uh, his benevolence, his, uh, he's a beneficiary God. Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Everybody gets to enjoy this beautiful earth that we have if they would just enjoy it and see God in it. And Christians ought to emanate this, this goodness, this generosity, this mercy. You know, Christian charities around the world, you know, it's interesting and again, uh, we've been seeing a lot about. Uh, I've been seeing a lot about ISIS in Syria. Of course, with, uh, uh, what was his name? El Baghdadi or whatever his name is. How many Muslim charities do we really see that are helping the poor and helping their own people or helping other people? You don't see that, but you see Christian charities all over the world helping many non-Christian groups with food and shelter and supplies and so forth. Christianity is a is a good. Religion, because it's, it's a religion that is filled with love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, goodness. Then number seven, for time's sake, there's faith. 1 Corinthians 12, 9, who has that? All right, just a short verse talking about the nine spectacular... Uh, uh, what we call temporary sign gifts, but uh, uh, faith also has the idea of the word, it's the Greek word pistis, and it's, uh, it also means trust or faithfulness. Faith will produce faithfulness. 
and uh, faith. Uh, my faith is found in a resting place, not in device nor creed. Uh, uh, unmovable faith will keep, you, keep, keep on keeping on throughout a Christian lifetime. It's one thing we have a lot of short-term Christianity today because if things don't go wrong and people lose their faith and they just they go off the wire and they go off the deep end and they quit serving God, uh, I want to I want to live my life the rest of my life for the Lord. I uh, I want to be in God's house every time I can. There'll be probably be a time when I can't be in God's house when we get older and we get uh, uh, sick or shut in or Alzheimer's or what have you. Those days could very well come for you or I or any of us, of course, but. Uh, still, I want to be found faithful. It's one of the gifts, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And uh, people uh, want to see your faithfulness. I gave the illustration, and uh, uh, I was with uh, Ty and Amanda uh, yesterday and saw a little pearl, uh, Mabel Pearl is her name. And we gave, I say we gave, that means you gave. That means the church bought a stuffed animal yesterday, for the record. So I gave a stuffed animal yesterday to little Mabel Pearl on a card. You, you gave it, by the way, you bought it. I didn't buy it, just for the record. I just want you to know that. But anyhow, uh, uh, so, uh, but I got to be the giver, the giver, giver. So I gave this stuffed animal, and I says, all right, now, I told her the story. I want to see this stuffed animal in 34 years from now. And she says, what? And I says, I got an email. I mentioned it uh, a couple months back. I got an email from a Roman Catholic priest. Did you hear this story? Yeah, and uh, uh, it's really kind of, it's Wednesday night I can be more transparent. I won't tell you who, but... 34, 33 years ago, we had a family that came to our church for a short time. And I don't even remember doing this, but I went to Charlotte Hungerford Hospital and I gave a stuffed teddy bear. You gave a stuffed teddy bear. You, you probably bought it 34 years ago too. But uh, I gave a stuffed teddy bear to a four-year-old kid. Well, shortly thereafter, they left the church. That four-year-old kid is now a 38-year-old kid and he's a Roman Catholic priest. And he sent me uh, a real nice email with a picture of that same stuffed teddy bear that I gave him 34 years ago and said, I just want to thank you for instilling faith in my heart and life. And I, and I, I was, in some ways, I was kind of devastated because I, you know, I'm not out to produce Roman Catholic priest. I think you all know that. And, uh, but, uh, so I said, I, I, I want to, but the, the point of the story is 34 years later, he knew that, Pastor Shaw was still at Harvest Baptist Church, and he, he thanked me in his Roman Catholic way, and uh, he thanked me that I was, uh, that I was, I instilled some faith in him and wanted to just say thank you, and thank you for that teddy bear that helped, helped him remember, he's that teddy bear, he says he, he thinks of me, like, wow, that's scary, I, I guess I look like a teddy bear, I guess, I don't know, but, so I, I, I told I told uh, Ty and Amanda that when I'm 95 years old, I expect Mabel Pearl to show me her unicorn that we got her yesterday. You got her a unicorn for the record, so couldn't find a teddy bear. So <laughs> where was I? Oh, faith. Don't slow me down. You're, you're messing me up here. <laughs> uh, Meekness here. Let's look at the next one. Meekness. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Who has it? And, of course, meekness has the idea of, of course, of gentleness again. We saw gentleness, which kind of has the idea of kindness. But Jesus was gentle. He's a gentle shepherd, is he not? He's kind. He's got an easy yoke. He's, he's meek and lowly. Now, Jesus wasn't a wimp. We all know that. Remember, two times he went into the temple with a can of nine tails. He was a man's man, I really believe. He was a carpenter, Brother Ray. He was a tough guy, like Ray. 
He was, uh, he was, uh, but he was meek. He didn't have to prove anything. Sometimes meekness is uh, confused uh, with humility. It's, it has humility in it for sure, but it's not quite the same. Humility is the right attitude towards oneself. When one is, sees himself as unworthy and undeserving, meekness is the, is the relationship one has with others as a result of his humility. And so meekness is the result of uh, the, the, the relationship we have with other people. Uh, let me say it this way. You that are bosses, you that have somebody underneath you, and several of you do, I'm sure, uh, if you're... You, we don't always have to be right as bosses. We don't always have to get our way. We, we, we can learn from each other. We can... We can uh, we don't always have to have it done our exact way. Now, by the way, if you're an employer, employee, and your boss wants it done the exact way, you do it the exact way and shut your mouth. And all God's people said, amen. But if you're, sometimes you have people that come up with a better idea than you have, and they're your underlings. Not that Jesus ever needed any correcting, but he was, some, he was kind one to another. He, he washed his disciples' feet, did he not? He, he was kind to them. He served them. He said, if you want to be great, whosoever be great among you, let him be servant of all. And so we see this in the spirit graces, this love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. And then the last one, of course, is, is the word temperance, which we know, and I'm sure most of you know, is the word means self-control. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, please. How important it is that we manifest self-control in our lives, that we manifest uh, spirit uh, control in our lives and we don't blow it. Uh, you know, you can blow 20 years of testimony, especially a pastor or a science school teacher, you can blow 20 years of testimony in about 20 seconds by being, can I be blunt, by being a jerk, by just go, cocking off, going off on the, uh, and just, just losing it, as we say, proverbially speaking. Spirit control, spirit grace, how important it is. Well, let's look at the rest of this, and we're going to finish up tonight in just a couple, three minutes here and be done. Verse number 23 says this, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. You see, there's laws against wrath. There's laws against adultery. There's laws against murder. There's laws against homosexuality. There's laws against... Um, revelings and drunkenness, etc., etc. There has to be laws because those are things of the flesh. But how can you make a law against love? You're not allowed to love. Well, if in communist country, maybe uh, you know you're not allowed to manifest love, I guess. But but there's no law against love. Love can love is free. Love is of God. Love anybody can love. Joy. You can't be happy. Paul Paul said, "I've learned what's there said to me, and there were to be content." He said that in a Roman prison. Getting ready to lose his head, he says uh, he has joy unspeakable and full of joy, glory again. There's no law against love, no law against joy, and no law against peace. And if you have love, joy, and peace, you're not going to break any, be breaking any laws probably. And then the, the rest of these fruits of the Spirit. So 
Bible says, against such there is no law. And remember, the Christian is not walking uh, uh, according to the law, but according to Christ. And it says in verse number 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. We're walking dead men. And uh, Christians, or people that are not Christians are dead men walking. But we are, we, are, we are dead to self. We're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live in and I, but Christ lives in us. In the life which we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, Galatians 2.20 says. So we're, we've crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. We don't walk, when we get out of the spirit and we walk in the flesh, we're going to be, we're going to be back in the law. We're going to be trying to perform works righteousness by our own flesh and we're going to fail every single time. Because Paul said, I know that's in me, that's in my flesh, so it's no good thing. So if we walk, verse 25, great verse, let's read it together, verse 25 together, ready, here we go. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. One more time. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now the idea has if, that word if, I'm not correcting the Bible, but it, it's, it's if, it's a conclusion, it's, it's since we live in the Spirit, in other words. You know, if, if you're of Christ, you've got the Spirit, Right? It's not even, not, it's not, you don't, if you're of Christ, you don't think you have the Spirit. You might, you might have the Spirit if you have it. No, you have the Spirit. So since you have the Spirit, or since then, or if then, you have the Spirit, let us walk also in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Now that's part of the flesh. Provoking one another and, and envying one another. And so... Those are things of the flesh. Now, when we get to chapter 6, Lord willing, in a couple of weeks from now, we'll see uh, this very practical Christian, Christianity getting, no pun intended, but getting fleshed out as it's seen in everyday life. Brethren, if you see a brother overtaking the spirit, you would spiritually restore such a one. And of course, just last little thoughts will be done here. Remember, the Bible, when it was written, Paul didn't write uh, Romans chapter, rather, Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, he wrote just in a regular letter, and so chapter 6, verse 1, for example, just is a continuation of verse 26, of course. There were no chapters and verse divisions, and so it, uh, just, we see the natural flow, and we'll see that, Lord willing, in a couple, three weeks from now. But God tells us to walk in the Spirit because it's, it's valueless to walk in the flesh. Uh, we're going to be under the law if we walk in the flesh, and if we walk in the Spirit, there, we'll have all these things that against such there is no law, and so... We, are, are, we need to be abiding, constantly abiding in Christ. And we'll end with singing that one verse of that song here in just a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight, Lord, and thank you. Help us to constantly abide. There's peace in our heart that the world cannot know, a peace that it cannot understand. Lord, I pray that you'd bless every, as we walk in the spirit and not, not in the flesh, and we'll thank you for it. Uh, bless in our closing of our service, we pray tonight in Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Constantly abiding. I think I should have looked. I think it's...